that's that's the year that Chevrolets were really good too. So. so much. It's great to be here uh, with you on, on the Thursday night service. I just, uh, I, I was really interested when Harvey explained how this service works. I said, you know, that makes a whole lot of sense. And I don't see why more churches don't do that. If I haven't got a chance to greet you personally, I want to do that. If I, I may need help remembering your name. Um, and you heard my former district superintendent call me Sammy. She's known me for a long time. I, growing up, I was called Sammy. Uh, people who've known me a long time probably still call me Sammy. If you want to call me Sammy, that's fine. But when, uh, when Tammy and I got married, uh, well, when we started dating, she said, uh, well, I, would it be all right if I called you Sam? And I said, yes, some people do. She said, Sammy and Tammy is just a little bit too cute for me. So... Uh, so I, I just introduced myself as Sam, but uh, I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin either way. Uh, I do um, consider myself blessed to be here. What a beautiful area. Um, I grew up in the Shoals area, and I always thought, well, that's the prettiest place around. But uh, the mountains and the river and the, the drive just going out to the Parsons, I thought, I'm never going to get tired of
ever seen that. It's just gorgeous. And everybody I've met, just from people uh, not only in the church, but just just people in the parking lot going into the grocery store have all been so friendly and welcoming. We're thrilled to be here. Um, my wife may be a little less than thrilled right now. She's lighting lanterns and, and candles and things like that tonight. Some of y'all may be too, So, but it's a treat to be here. I want to start by having a time of, uh, of prayer with you uh, as we get started. And I want to ask, um, let me get something to write with. There may be... Uh, there may be prayer concerns that you want to, to, to just call out right now. Does anyone have a, a prayer concern they want to lift up this evening? Beasley's at home and the second okay his name I'm doing good to figure out how to get back from to the to the office. It, uh, Eileen and Susan and and Sheila have all just been trying to help me and just no 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 go that way no you know. So I'm still I'm still really yes. Everybody wave at Matthew. Mm -hmm. Will you join me as we pray? Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for bringing us together tonight uh, to just stop and to take time and to focus our hearts and to turn our attention to you. We give you thanks for this great church, for the great community to which we are called to minister. We ask that you would give us eyes and ears to know um, and give us a heart for those who are in need. We remember all of those whose names we have called tonight, those who are recovering and those who are in the hospital, those who are going to rehab. And Father, we remember those who are at home and who are sick and who need a special touch from you. And God, we, we pray for those needs that are too deep to even put into words. You know our hearts, God, and you know the needs even before they escape our lips. We ask that your spirit would be poured out upon us tonight as we worship, as we share Holy Communion together. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay.
I know uh, that you have done this before, so uh, um, you know what I mean when I say call and response. For instance, if I say, the Lord be with you, you would say, yes. So we are going to do that uh, tonight as a part of the sermon. And so um, what I want to do is when I say in my message, in a New York minute, then I want you to say, everything can change. Okay, so let's, let's practice that. In a New York minute, yes, and if you're an Eagles fan, I did think of that song when I was, was writing that. The scripture tonight comes from Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. If you want to follow along or just listen, that's just fine. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered round him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came and he, fell, he saw him and fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing but but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house and said, Your daughter is dead. What troubled the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to him, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The, the child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in to where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that they should not... That that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat word of God for the people of God thanks be to God in a New York minute I know this is true in relationships I want to take you back to December of 1992 Tammy and I had been dating for a few months um, long enough for me to know that she was the one and so um, 
she apparently was thinking kind of the same thing because she was taking me to Virginia to, to meet her granny. And she'd never taken any other guy up to Virginia to meet granny. So I felt pretty special. And I was really, really nervous because we were traveling on there. And I knew that on this trip, at some point in time, I was going to pop the big question. Uh, I just didn't know how and I didn't know when. But somehow on Highway 72 between Huntsville and Chattanooga, it occurred to me, you know, I've never been to the Chattanooga choo-choo, and I hear it's pretty cool. So what if we just go on through Chattanooga, stop at the Chattanooga choo-choo, and I pop the big question at the Chattanooga choo-choo. That just plan was formulating in my mind. Little did she know uh, what was going on. And so I said, hey, you know, I hear the Chattanooga choo-choo is pretty cool. Why don't we stop by and see it? And she said, sure. So we pull into the Chattanooga choo-choo, and they had Christmas lights displayed out there and had all these little different displays and I thought it was pretty but I thought I can't do something this important sitting in the car looking at this so I said why don't we walk down the little trail walk around and, and she said are you kidding me it's freezing cold out there and I, my coat's in the trunk and I said no 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 come on and so she humored me like she's been doing for the last 25 years she humored me and she said okay so we're walking down through the little trails and there was a display of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and there was a little bench there. I said, I said, let's sit down on this little bench for a minute. She said, oh, okay, you know. So we sat down on the little bench, and then I got down on my knees, and I asked her if she would marry me. And she said, yes. And in a New York minute, everything changed. Everything changed. What a giant shift of relationship that single moment was because it's you know it's all about the relationship um, and it's all about the relationship in the mark chapter 5 which is really two stories and kind of a story sandwiched in between a story it's a story of a, of a woman who's had an issue of blood for all these years and she's had constant hemorrhaging of blood and as if that wasn't bad enough the physical part of that was not the real problem the social part of that was the bigger problem and the religious part of that too because you see according to Jewish law there were three big things that would really really make you unclean one was to touch a dead body one was leprosy and one was bodily discharges and, and if you came in contact with any of the big three then it made you ceremonially unclean and, and you couldn't have anything to do with other people you couldn't touch them lest you make them unclean too and so you were you were separated from people and and you couldn't go to worship because it was thought that someone who was unclean couldn't be in the presence of a holy God and so you were shut off from the synagogue you shut off from your family and your friends because if anybody came in contact with some of them big three then they were made clean but now you could go through a ritual of purification and eventually uh, through the purification pro uh, process you could get to come home and get to be reunited with your friends and your family and get to go to synagogue to worship again but if you were like this poor anonymous woman and you were the one who was unclean or if you had leprosy or anything like that and you were the one uh, then you could never be purified you could never have a hug. 
you could never worship. And you constantly thought that you were too icky for God. But this woman had heard about Jesus and she had just a little mustard seed of faith. And she said, if I could, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, then I could be made well. And in that moment, that little mustard seed of faith, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, was a reminder that in a New York minute, yes. But here's something I don't want you to miss in the story about this woman who was hemorrhaging. She came to Jesus, like we do sometimes, wanting something, right? She wanted something. She wanted healing, but Jesus wanted someone. When she touched him, he immediately turned around and said, who touched me? And his disciples were like, what do you mean who touched me? People are pushing and shoving all around you. He said, no, who touched me? And when she finally came up to him and knelt before him in fear and trembling and told him the truth, he said one word that changed everything. In a New York minute for her, he said, daughter. Huge shift relationship just like that now not only was she healed of her disease she could be reconnected to her family and her friends she was adopted as a daughter to the most high God and everything changed in her life instead of Jesus catching her uncleanliness she caught his holiness because that's the way Jesus operates when we come to him now let's back up and look at the other story going on here it's sort of the same but it's really different it's the same and it's the different it's it's the same when you look at a person who is so desperate that they they come and they fall at the feet of Jesus but it's really different in a lot of ways because one is an anonymous woman who is poor who has no status as a matter of fact she spent everything she had trying to get well and instead she just got worse and on the other hand you have this wealthy, powerful man who's a leader of the synagogue. We know his name. His name is Jairus. But they're on level playing ground because they're both desperate and they both come running and fall at the feet of Jesus. And Jairus says, come and lay your hands on my daughter that she might be made well. But it was at this point when he came and he put his pride aside and he fell at the feet of Jesus and he had just that little mustard grain of faith. Just just please, Jesus. Just come lay your hands on my daughter. That was the moment in a New York minute. It changed right then and there. Right then and there. It's 1970, June of 1970. I was nine years old. And I remember I was getting ready to go to a a church service at another Methodist church. I've been Methodist my whole life. And another Methodist church, not my home church. I cannot tell you what was going on at that church. I don't know why they were having a church. If it was a revival or some special service, I don't remember who the preacher was. I don't remember what the music was. I don't remember. It's funny how you remember some things and you don't remember others. (laughs) Oddly enough, what I remember about that night was I remember putting on my initial ring. Because back in the day, it was cool for guys to have an initial ring. It could be... H for your last name or S for your first, you know, whatever your initial was. And, and it served several different purposes. It was, it was jewelry, you know, just a little bit of bling. We didn't call it bling back then, but 
just a little bit of jewelry. Uh, it also served as a little bit of weaponry because you could turn it around like that and the boys would pop each other on the head with their initial rings, you know. And if you were lucky enough to find that special girl, then you could let her wear your initial ring, you know. And, and uh, well, I wasn't much of a Casanova, uh, and so mine was mostly just jewelry and weaponry, uh, my initial. But I remember going to church that night, and I put my initial ring on, um, and I remember when the invitation was given at the end of the sermon, I'd been going to church since before I was born, but that night I knew it was for me. And I remember kneeling at the altar, and I remember seeing my hands on top of the altar and seeing my initial ring as I knelt at the altar and feeling the weight of my father's hands on my shoulder when he came up and stood behind me and seeing the preachers come over and pray with me as I gave my heart to the Lord and in a New York minute. Now, it's not like God had not already been working in my life. We Wesleyans believe in prevenient grace, we, that God is drawing us from... I grew up in with the most wonderful examples and teachers and I was nurtured about what a Christian really was supposed to be um, but there came that New York minute when I just had that little bit of faith and I put myself at the feet of Jesus there was a giant shift in relationship October of 1998, uh, Tammy and I were watching Monday Night Football. Um, Green Bay Packers were playing the Minnesota Vikings. I remember it very well because we're Green Bay Packers fans. If you hate the Packers, I'm sorry. But um, we were watching the game. We were into the game because she's as much of a football fan as I was. And um, so part in, into the game for a while, we're kind of into it. And I hear her say, honey, it's time. And I said, you're mighty right, it's time. It's time that the, the offensive line gives Brett Favre some protection. He's getting sacked all over the place. She, and she said, no, honey, it's time. And this time I turned my head and I looked at my nine-month pregnant wife pointing at her belly saying, honey, it's time. And it finally got through to me. So I went into scramble panic mode and I was running around grabbing the bag and everything. And, and we jumped in the car and I drove way too fast to Huntsville Hospital. And um, later on that evening, uh, the doctor came to me and said, uh, would you like to hold your daughter? And he handed me this little bundle wrapped up like a burrito in a blanket. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I looked at Tammy. And in a New York minute, everything changed. Everything I was walking with my mom back out to the parking deck that night at Huntsville Hospital. And I looked at her and I said, Mama, until this very moment, I never knew how much you and Daddy loved me. I never knew. Because this changed everything. This giant shift in the relationship. 
I had someone call daughter. Now, I've had many more New York minutes in my whole lifetime. One recent New York minute was when I was sitting in my living room and I got a phone call from the district superintendent and she said, you're going to Gadsden First United Methodist Church. And I said, great. Um, giant shift in relationship. And now I get a chance to get to know all of you and you to get to know me and my family. Tonight I want to invite you to participate in a life-changing moment. Tonight at the table of the Lord, we're going to remember a moment that changed everything. When Jesus bore our sins and he died for us and was raised the third day destroying death. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. So tonight as you come to the table, remember that and be prepared for another New York Minute. You might have something you're dealing with in your life right now that just that little seed of faith when you come, in a moment everything can change. night in which Jesus gave himself up for us he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he said take and eat this is my body which is given for you likewise after supper he took the cup he returned thanks to the father and he said drink from this all of you this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many for forgiveness of sins drink this as often as you do it in remembrance of me Let's pray. Dear God, as we bow before you today, we're humbled and we're thankful. We're thankful for what you have done for us as we remember your body broken for us, your blood shed for us. And we're humbled. We're humbled because we realize that we're not worthy even to gather up the crumbs underneath the table. And yet you invite us to come. I ask that you would pour out your spirit on us gathered here tonight out of love for you. That you would pour out your spirit on these gifts of bread and wine. That they might be for us the body and blood of Christ. Even as we are the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Broken and given to the world. At this table tonight make us one with each other. And one with you. And one in service to all the world. Until you come again and we feast at your heavenly banquet. Tonight we remember and we say thanks in Jesus' name. Eileen will be assisting you tonight. Eileen, if you'll come forward and be served first.
just want to um, say as a reminder that we have open communion in the Methodist tradition. Everyone who's present, whether you're a member of this church or any church, is welcome at the Lord's table. We'll receive tonight by intention. If you're not familiar with that, you'll be handed a piece of bread. You just get the corner of it, into the cup, and then eat it. And then if you want to, after you receive communion, if you want to, to kneel at the altar and pray for a while, then feel free to do that. And then when everyone's done, we'll sing the doxology dismissed. Once you come now to the Lord's table. not sure this be my first night how you usually do this but I think let's sing the doxology as a dismissal from the table how about that praise God from whom all blessings flow praise him all creatures here below praise him above ye heavenly hosts Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you. I'm glad we had. <laughs>